Okay, we're going to look this evening uh, specifically at the Thy Mitzvah Bnei Noach, at the um, seven commandments that were given to uh, to all human beings. We mentioned last week that the Rambam, at the end of the previous parak, Parakhet, strangely kind of introduced uh, the notion to us, and we discussed that there, um, and saying his big chiddush, if you recall, that in order for one to be a Ben Noach who has a place in the world to come and follows all these moral uh, laws, he must be one who follows them because he believes that God commanded him to follow those laws through Moshe Rabbeinu, through Harsinai. And we discussed why that was so important to the Rambam, that basically there's only one true faith. It's called Judaism, and within Judaism, though, there's called Noachidism, and therefore there is really nothing else that is uh, supposed to be uh, understood as legitimate. It's supposed to be, there's Judaism, and there's Noachidism. As the Rambam said clearly, we saw in other sources um, that we quoted from him, that no one is supposed to invent other ideas, other rituals. You can be a Noachide and do more than the seven Noachide laws, with certain exceptions. We said Shabbos, Talmud Torah. Otherwise, one should either stick to his Jewish 613 mitzvot or to his seven Noachide laws. He wants to add on, he can. But not to create, he says, a new religion. That shouldn't be done. All right? So that was the view of the Rambam. And now we're going to look specifically, we didn't know yet what those mitzvot are. Some of you may know, but we haven't seen it yet. And that's what we'll be looking at at this time. So if you look at the ninth parak, so the Rambam says as follows. The first human being was commanded concerning six things. Concerning idolatry, and the cursing of God, and concerning murder, concerning sexual crimes, and concerning robbery, stealing, and also concerning um, the courts that are necessary to adjudicate these particular laws, as is understood by, by the Rambam's explanation of Dinim. Okay? So you notice, by the way, that Dinim is the one exception that is a positive commandment, not a negative commandment, to establish courts of justice to judge these others. We may get into a discussion uh, some time later, some weeks from now, concerning um, that notion. He then goes on to say, And even though all of these things are uh, a tradition that we have, that we received going back to Moses, and so too, um, you know, our ethical sensitivities and intellectual uh, idea concerning these notions you know, make sense to us and we would lean toward uh, an understanding that they would be required, these things. <laughs> so still, uh, from the words of the Torah themselves, you could see, and the Gemara and Sanhedrin does point out, that there are actually sources for um, these prohibitions in the Torah. There was a seventh prohibition that was added on uh, to these Noahide laws that completed them. The law of eating the limb of a living animal. There's a verse that came to tell us that. Turns out, therefore, there are seven laws, and since they were completed at the time of Noah, they're called the seven Noahide laws. Sometimes it's somewhat misleading because people think they were created at the time of Noah. 
the Noahide laws, and that they didn't start from the beginning of mankind, but they did, as the Rambam made clear, but they came from completed with Noah's generation, so they're called the seven Noahide laws. And so was it uh, throughout the entirety of human history until Abraham came around. And then Abraham was commanded more commandments beyond these. Bimila, he was commanded, first of all, as we all know, circumcision. Interestingly, he does not say he was commanded by uh, the prayer of Shacharit or by Tfilah, but it says, and he davened Shacharit also, so he added on to his Noahide laws. The Yitzchak, he preached Maser, and then it says, Yitzchak, he uh, tithed his food before he ate. The Hosif, Tfilah, and now go to the next page, this full page that you have. The Hosif, Tfilah, Cheret, Lifnot Hayom, and he added then another. Uh, another prayer service toward the end of the day. The Yaakov Hosif Gida Nashev, Ipalel Aravit, and Yaakov added uh, a prohibition of eating a certain part of the animal and also Davin Mari, the evening prayer. Ubi Mitzrayim, this is interesting, Nitzdaveh Amram Bemitzvot Yiteirot, and then in Egypt, and then it comes up in that place in Egypt, so then. Amram was commanded in terms of other uh, mitzvot as well. All right, Amram was commanded with other mitzvot. And what those mitzvot were is not stated clearly. In fact, um, if you will uh, look at the commentaries of the Rambam, it's not here, but they say that they don't know what these mitzvahs are that they're talking about. They've never heard that Amram was committed mitzvahs. Never heard of that before. But uh, according to the Rambam, he was until Moses came around, and then the remaining 600 or whatever so commandments were then given to him, and the Torah was completed. Anyone find any difficulty in the way the Rambam describes this? Let me just point out. So he seems to say there's the Noahide faith of the seven commandments. There's an intermediate stage before we get to Harsinai getting the full Torah, where it says Avram would do this, and Yitzhak did that, and Yaakov did so-and-so, and Amram did this, this intermediate stage. And then there's the full-body Torah, as we know it, in terms of the Torahitic laws, at least, um, being given at Harsinai. Seven Parshas told us, we know from other sources, that it's believed that the forefathers observed the entire Torah. Whether that's to be taken literally or not, I know people take that very literally, and hold them, Amish means every bit, as the Gemara says in various places, even Erev Tavshilin, some say even Erev some say that they kept even rabbinic laws. They kept the rabbinic laws. In other words, they kept every mitzvah. They had the prophecy to keep it, and they kept it all, our forefathers. However, there are others I've seen uh, who want to claim that it doesn't mean literally kept them, but those mitzvahs, just like mitzvahs, have a certain purpose, and you achieve a certain perfection through the fulfillment of those mitzvot. So the abos were capable, through their maybe understanding those mitzvot or learning about them, to achieve that same sense of perfection, even though those mitzvot had not yet been given and now you've been commanded but still it is a little interesting more than a little interesting I think that the Rambam kind of puts Avram Yitzchak you know they did this he doesn't mention at all that they kept 
all the 613 mil to mitzvah. He counts their seven, 613, and then an in-between kind of Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Just a fascinating way that he presents it. Um, okay. Maybe there's more to say on that, but we're going to stop with that. Okay, going to the next paragraph. Ben Noach She'avad Avodah Chayav. Noachai, who worshipped idolatry. Hareze Chayav, that person is obligated with his life. He violates the Noachai Code. The Hushiavo Kedarka, and he gives certain details, which really I'm not concerned about so much, but just you should know that he has to worship in a normal way. This is the important, this next Salah, Bechol Avodah Zarah Shebeitin Yisrael Memitin Aleha, and whatever idolatrous um, service a Jew would be killed for, because he worshipped idols by a Jewish court, Ben Noach Neragaleh. So to a Ben Noach at the same standards, we'll see where this is critical in a moment, the same standards in terms of defining idolatry for him. Now we're just in his. Is Christianity considered to be idolatry? Now, I would not give this as a sermon necessarily, you know, in front of hundreds of people. Um, you can imagine, as someone once said to me when I was studying this in a smaller group, though, they said, imagine, if you know in a church right now, if a priest or whatever, a, a preacher was giving, you know, a speech about his Judaism damnation, you know, you'd say, like, how can what a how can he have... So here the rabbi is giving a speech, is Christianity idolatry or not? Because look at the ramifications, don't forget. So it is, it is. If it is, as we know, we said, if you're a Noahide, you have a place in the world to come. You have a place in eternity. And you are a righteous person. And if you are an idolater and violate these laws, you do not uh, have that place with God forever. And so it would be just like uh, Christianity, most of it, until this day says that Jews are damned, they don't have a place, they don't believe in the Son, so you can't go to the Father without the Son, and so on. So is it that Jews say the same thing? As we discussed a little last week, it would seem like we're very broad. We say, you don't have to be a Jew, right? We mentioned last week. However, if you're a Christian, are you a good Noahide, or are you in trouble because of your belief in Yeshua Notri, in, in Jesus? Is What kind of problem does that create? So we'll be looking at that this evening, and um, there's some very fascinating um, elements that come to play when considering this notion. The first thing I want to do is to uh, read you the following. This is something that we actually looked at um, outside last week. I mentioned it to you, and uh, it's a very fascinating Rambam. Let's first consider the Rambam's view. We're looking at the Rambam. Let's consider the Rambam's view. The Rambam, is Christianity idolatry according to the Rambam? Now, most of you probably know, you probably heard, you probably heard that according to the Rambam, and we said it last week, Christianity is idolatrous in nature, and um, Islam is not. Islam is good monotheism, and Christianity is bad monotheism. According to the Rambam, it's not monotheism. All right? What is the issue here? So let me first read you, you do not have this. The Rambam that I quoted last week, this is Siman Nun, um, number 50, in his Shabbos and Shuvas, in his response. Uh, this is, the we said last week, is a non-Jew allowed to learn Torah? Generally, it's a non-Jew can't learn Torah. We gave various reasons. He says, however, in this discussion, the Rambam says, Yacho l'lamed ha-mitzvot l'notri. You can teach the mitzvot to Christians. 
Raskarva Onesh, you talk about punishment, reward and punishment, all this. Because as a result, they will come back and uh, return to the proper faith. Listen carefully. After all, they say and confess, they admit that our Torah is divine in nature. Was given to the Jewish people through Moses, blessed be his name. And they have it, it's, it's written in its entirety. However, they interpret it often in ways that are not in accordance to Jewish tradition. But some of them return to the good. Therefore, nothing to be lost. He holds, uh, you know, tripping anyone up by going to the Christians and teaching them Torah. This is a very fascinating, controversial Rambam. The Rambam says you can teach Christians Torah. They will perhaps come back. Now, it's interesting. At first you read this, you say, what kind of crazy thing is this? How many, let's say, if a rabbi gives a shir and invites Christians to come? You say, how many people are going to walk out and say, oh, you, you convinced me, rabbi. However, it's interesting that most of the converts that come through our synagogue and others, um, first of all, they're certainly not Muslims. They are many times Christians, and they are many times very devoted Christians. And yet, they come back, and they do, like the rabbi says, they come back to Judaism if they hear a proper explanation um, from a perspective that they had not heard before, the Jewish perspective by a traditional person who understands the sources correctly. The Rambam um, also says regarding uh, Islam, we mentioned this last week, but inside, you cannot teach Torah to the Islamic people. Because they don't believe that the Torah is divine. They believe, but they believe, as the Rambam says here, that the Jews, uh, as we said last week, they changed their Torah, put Yitzchak in instead of uh, Yishmael, and did all sorts of other things to make the Jewish people the chosen people. They corrupted the Torah, and therefore if you teach Islamic people about the truth of the Old Testament, so to speak, the Old Testament, they don't believe anyway that the Old Testament is legitimate. It's not genuine, it's not appropriate, it's, it's wrong, it's corrupt, it's, it's, it's not a good text, it's a faulty text. You learn from a faulty text, you Jews. So that being the case, the Rambam says that there's, it does no good then to try to teach them and to bring them over, as opposed to Christians who we know hold that the, we know we believe that the Torah was correct until a time when Yeshu came and he said it is no longer correct. All right. So this being the case, it's just interesting that the Rambam holds that you could teach Christians Torah. So on the, on the one hand, you might think, well, so. I don't know, maybe then it's not idolatrous Christianity. I mean, would you go around teaching idolaters the real Torah? I mean, Noahide law is okay. They shouldn't be idolaters, but you're teaching them real Torah. And yet the Rambam does hold that Christians are idolatrous, and he says it clearly. The source is the Rambam Malachim Yud Aleph Dalad. looks one of the most amazing Rambams. It was, in fact, left out. And then, uh, through later editions, which had more uh, accurate manuscripts, we see that the Rambam is actually brought uh, back in in full. In the middle of Halacha Dalit, it says, Af Yeshu Hanotri. 
even Jesus of Nazareth, or Jesus the foreign one, Shedima Mashiach, who uh, considered himself, imagined himself to be the Mashiach, and who was killed in a Jewish court. For those who do not know, according to the Rambam, and according to some Talmudic sources, the Rambam holds that the death of Yeshu was through the Beit Din. Was, he was a false prophet, he was a blasphemer, and he was actually killed in court, by a Jewish court. Remember this whole Mel Gibson thing that happened and everything? And, 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 and he's saying that the Jews killed Jesus, and how he was anti-Semitic, and all this other stuff, and the way he presented it. A few people did come out and say, we, we did, we, we did. And when they did, they, we said, what did you come out and say for certain magazines? What did you come out? they got to be truthful, you know, but we thought that was a great idea. But here you see the Rambam Shita definitely is, and some Gemara's hold, that we killed him. We killed him. Now, of course, there's a problem with that historically, uh, because... Sorry? He also could have a basement sitting on... Uh, executing uh, Oh, and he was killed on, on the, right after the Last well, Supper and all that. Uh, the two versions. Okay. All right. Uh, there's another problem. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They, 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 they didn't have a in the very latter years of the Second Temple, the Sanhedrin no longer had the power to to impose a death penalty. Okay. There's a third problem. <laughs> he was crucified. Right. Jews did not crucify. That is not one of the means that they put people to death. So either the Christians have to have one or the other. Either if we killed him, then you have no cross. You have no symbol. You have no... And that, okay? And, and if you do have the cross, then the Romans killed him, because that's how they killed people. We didn't kill people to the cross. So, you know, if you want to say we handed him over, but again, that's what the Rambam saying. The Rambam saying, we killed him. Never I could be. He was killed through the court. The court killed him, not the Christians. Of him. He was killed in the Jewish court. But that's it's just an interesting tradition that, that the Christians, you know, they might say, you didn't kill him, he was killed on the cross. We see in all the movies he's killed on the cross. Okay? Jews say, no, we killed him. What, are you looking for credit here? We killed him. All right, anyway, so it's on tape, but uh, it's okay. It says he was killed, yes. Yeah, but the political source, I believe, for this is Sanhedrin 41A or B, which was deleted and censored. That's correct. It was censored, right. And here the Rambam, the original Rambam, which was censored, is, has it. And other Gemaras also have it, right. Goes on to say concerning this Jesus who was killed, Kibardi Dabebo Daniel Shenebar Venepritse Amcha Yinasul Hamid Chazon Minichshulu. It already said Dan Daniel already saw the prophet Daniel that there would be this uh, occurrence among the Jewish people that the people would break through from among the nation and they would try to establish. Uh, a certain vision of who the Mashiach would be, and they would stumble, they would be wrong, in other words, it was a false Messiah, okay, they would make a mistake, because for sure this was a mistake, how do we know the Rabbi says, was there ever a greater stumbling than what occurred with Yeshu being claimed to be Mashiach? Shekola nebiim dibru Mashiach goel Yisrael, because all of the prophets they spoke of a Messiah who would redeem Israel who would save them who would gather those who were scattered and who would strengthen mitzvah observance 
And this caused, this Mashiach, so to speak, caused the death, the wiping out of Israel with the sword, and the spreading of the Jewish people throughout the exiles. This didn't raise up the Jewish people, this brought them down. And this caused the exchange of the Torah for something else. Watch this. And it caused most of the world to go in error. To serve a God which was not our God, which is not Hashem. So you see, the Rambam says this is idolatry. The Rambam doesn't say, yeah, and they caused people to serve God, but they had it wrong a little bit. No, no. They caused the world to serve a God which is not the God. The God, which is not one God, our God. There's another God. But then he adds, but the thoughts of the creator of the world... Oh, human beings cannot understand them. Our way is not his way. And our thoughts are not his thoughts. All of these things that Jesus of Nazareth, and of this Yishmaelite who came after him, I don't know why he doesn't call him by name, but anyway, of this Yishmaelite who came after him, an amazing statement by the Rambam he says that all these things even they came in order to straighten out the path toward the King Messiah and so that everyone together will serve the one God because then it says in the prophets that God will turn all the nations in one clear language to call out in the name of the one God and to serve him together how is this being done? What do you mean? How could you say just thing you see that the Rambam saying that you could have idolatry, but the idolatry could serve a meaningful purpose? Would you ever think the Rambam would say that? Would you ever say idolatry? It's not just a bad thing. It has some good things about it. Would anyone say that? It has some good things about it. Idolatry. You know what are you talking about? The Rambam says, no, you know, there's some positive here. There's some positive. Kaitzad. It's like I think I told you once a story with Rabbi in St. Louis. There was a Rabbi uh, um, Barrow. Uh, Rabbi St. Louis and he once said about cigarettes cigarettes is anything good about cigarettes they're terrible they kill you everyone has cancer uh, is anything good about cigarettes second hand smoke everything terrible people waste their money on it what's good about cigarettes but he said before they came out with the surgeon he had no support so he was once doing a wedding and Ron Soloveitchik was there doing the wedding in St. Louis and he and he you know wanted some ashes to put on the, the groom's head as some of the custom did remember the instruction of the temple and he said anyone have a match anyone have a cigarette anything and so Rabaro said I have a cigarette at the time it wasn't known yet so I have a cigarette he goes well and Rabaro said from what I know this is the only thing positive that ever came out of a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> so it's used remember the former so I thought too I mean the, the Chorba and the, so the idolatry this is something, something positive Kate said the Rabbi said how could this be Kavar the world has now become full of words about the Messiah. And the words of Torah and the word of Mitzvot. And this word has spread to the farthest islands. 
and to the nations who are uncircumcised. They talk about now the, the Old Testament, if you will, and the stories there in the Mitzvot. Those who say that it was true, these things, they were true. They're no longer relevant, but they were true. They weren't supposed to be forever, but they were true when they were true. And others say that there are secrets in them, the deeper things, they're not to be taken in their literal sense. It really doesn't mean you have to do the mitzvahs. There's a deeper meaning that the Jews misunderstood it. They don't have to be taken literally. But now our Messiah is coming, he's, he's clarified what some of these things mean. It doesn't necessarily mean literally. But the Rabbi said, when the true Messiah will come, and he will elevate and he will be successful, everyone. Then all will return. I know that they inherited to their fathers things that were not true. That their ancestors led them astray mistakenly with their beliefs. But you see clearly my point over here is, is that according to the Rambam, uh, Christianity says in many other places in his famous Mishnah, remember he says in his commentary on the Mishnah of Avarazara that uh, you're not allowed to have not only can you not go into a church and so on, the Rambam says if possible you, it would be that you wouldn't even be able to have a church in your city, he says. There shouldn't be a church in the city, he says church. Uh, so the Rambam in other places as well identifies Christianity with idolatry. And if you know anything about the Rambam's view of monotheism, very, very tight when you say one God, one simple one not breaking different, broken into different factions there are those who want to argue again I know some are upset with this because they've written me about it already but the Kabbalists what they do with the Sfirot and the idea of God and he kind of governs the world through different powers if you will uh, so there are those who want to argue that the Rabbah let's just say would not look kindly upon this from the sense of there being one God, one period, one simple, one nothing, no divisions, no another way he ruled, one period, echad, and nothing else. So the Rambam certainly had a problem with the Trinity, Yeshu, and so on, being part of this, the Son of God, is he God, is he not God, he seems that he is God, uh, Jesus is God. That was the Rambam view of Christianity. So according to the Rambam, despite the positive development he mentions, it would seem that Christians do not have a place in the world to come. They do not, um, they are not uh, good Noahides. And that would alleviate the problem that some of you asked me and emailed me last week. Because the Rambam said here, we saw, we mentioned last week, that the Christians, he said, right about, can they learn Torah? They do believe in the divinity of the Torah, he says, right? They do believe that there's a God and so on, all right? So we had said last week, remember that the Rambam says, to be a good Noahide, you have to believe that you keep the laws because God commanded Moses and then commanded you, and that's why you keep the Noahide laws. So someone had asked me, and Joyce had emailed me, and she said, but, but wait, that, that's not why Christians, even if they keep those laws, would keep them. They held that the Old Testament is no longer valid, except what Jesus said to keep from the Old Testament. They're not keeping it through Moshe, they're keeping it through Yeshu. So this is the Rambam's view. All right. Yes. I think the reason that he did not mention Muhammad by name is to protect his life because Muhammad so just alludes to him so he could, uh, in self-defense, uh, conjure up some other 
there is a right uh, religious figure, and say, this is who I really met. Now, I don't know if it will get him very far, but right. it is a lot of court, but at least he has a chance, he has something to say for himself. If he would have spelled out the name, He's dead. Right, so that even was not the censor taking up. I mean, the Raman himself did not listen in because... Okay, gotcha. All right. Let's consider another view about Christianity and if the good Noahites. I'm going to go a little later, and then I'll work backward for, for various reasons. Um, there's a, a sefer called Kol Tzofayich, um, written by Rav Yehuda Gershuni. I mentioned here in Cincinnati because he was Rav Silver's son-in-law. Beautiful work called Kol Tzofayich. In there, he has this question about Christianity. I know, I actually know many of the sources he's quoting, but he has a very good job of bringing it all together. He quotes the Sefer Ateret Svi, which is written by the Maritz Chayot, one of the great Gedolim in the 19th century. And the Maritz Chayot writes as follows: Listen to no The Christians who believe in religion and Torah, the divine Torah, Hashem and in the, the existence of God, and the reward of the world to come that will be bestowed, and in the other fundamental principles of the faith. Now, <laughs> did you like skip over one of those principles? I just didn't, what about uh, idolatry? Anyway, he goes on, beliefs are fake, no doubt whatsoever. They are considered not only, by the way, Noahides. His view is this is a whole debate in general. We didn't get to yet, but Noahides accept the seven laws. But a ger toshav is someone who formally accepts the Noahide laws, like in front of a court. All right, really, is formally accepts it. So he goes like that. Not just Noahides, ger toshav. These people are people who are commanded to help, protect, and so on. Have a right to live around us. You know, perfectly good, 100% righteous of the world. And these who keep the seven laws, because they were commanded to keep them from Moshe, they are like the righteous of the world. They place the world to come. In accordance with the law, which is established by us, and then he quotes, where's that at? In the Rambam. Righteous of this world have a place in the world to come. But he doesn't quote the Rambam we quoted here. Maybe he didn't have it with the, you know, with the censor. Maybe he didn't have it. But uh, the, what we just quoted about Jesus and so on, he, he doesn't quote that Rambam. So maybe he changed his tune. But here he says, the Rambam says they have a place in the world to come. The Gamma Notesrim, Mishamrim, Shevin, Mitzvot, and also, as he said, the, the Christians keep the seven commandments, meaning the Torah of Moshe, and they believe in the Torah of Moshe. Sheba, Mipi Hashem, Moshe. They believe it came from, now listen, it came from Hashem to Moshe, that they do believe, right? Again, they believe in God. And even though they include other elements in their belief in one God, namely the Trinity, okay, so still this will not knock them out as being the righteous of the world. Look how he, if you'll excuse me, I don't, you know, 
I don't want to use fudges, fudges it. But remember the Ramam said, you have to accept them upon yourself and do them because God commanded in his Torah through Moshe that you have to keep the Noachide laws. But see, he fudges that a little because he says they believe the Torah was given to Moshe. They believe that it came from God. They believe that... But he doesn't say, but do they accept the seven mitzvot because the God gave them to Moshe and therefore you keep them? Or do you keep them because Yeshu somehow said to keep them? Now again, maybe it's a debate. But it's just interesting the way he utilizes that Rambam to try to be inclusive of the Christian community. He refers us to various Rishonim, namely the Tosafot, but many others as well. Alright? And he therefore says that the... um, based on the Tosafot many other Rishonim that such individuals are not idolatrous in nature now why are they not idolatrous in nature and it's brought down again in the Tosafot it's brought down in the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch as well the Ramah of all places and you never know where to find this in Hilchot Masa Umatan in Orachayim even in the normal laws of Jews lives every day right after the laws of Beit Knesset are finished the laws of the synagogue it says when you go out to work you know certain laws about going to work and among them it says if you do work with non-Jews and there it says in the Ramah this the Gemara had said in Avodazara, and you have to be careful when you do business with non-Jews, they may swear on their gods. It could be that those who are swearing, you're making them swear on an idolatrous, on a, on a god, right? That, that they believe in. So you're causing them to worship and be involved in idolatry by you saying swear by your swear they swear by their God so therefore the question came up are you allowed to have such business dealings with Christians and Tosos another says yes you are the Ramah brings us here the Afagav the Maskiri Navodazara and even though they mention they may say yes you're Jesus whatever they say Bikomachom he says Kavanatam Laosei Shemai Baaretz their intent is to the one God. The thing is, they say, when they say we believe in God, if you ask the non-Jew a Christian, do you believe in God? Of course I believe in God. believe in one God? Of course I believe in one God. Oh, the Trinity? Oh, that's just three, that's like part of God. You know, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Of course I believe in one God. Well, I believe in three gods? No Christian really says I can believe in three gods. You believe in two gods? No. Jesus and God's like the same, the same thing. They believe in one God. So the Ramah says, based on these earlier we showed him, which were there others as well, he says that there's no problem here. There's no leaf naiva. You're not making someone stumble by doing this. And the Ramah says that there's a perfect guy right following Tosot and those Ashkenazic we showed him who said that you can thereby engage in business with, with Christians and they even if they quote their God, that's not considered to be a, uh, an involvement in idolatry. And that's 100% okay. Interesting, the mission of Bura, who's comments so often on so many little things, Minag, this, this Minag, and you should be strict on this little thing, that doesn't make sense to say a word on this. And here you have, you're saying it's so interesting, here you have, it, is it Christianity? So not Christianity, or the Rambam disagrees, he holds it is, doesn't say, just, it doesn't say a word. Doesn't say a word on this, on this Ramah. Doesn't say anything on this Ramah. Here is the lenient view that you just heard, that basically Christians are not idolaters. Christians believe in one God. A Jew might not be able to believe in this type of one God. 
A Jew, one God, period. What's wrong with you? Shema Yisrael. You know, one God. Who, who gave you the right to mess around with it? But for people who aren't Jewish, so no, I believe in one God. That's good enough. I believe in one God. Well, you know, we're not so mocked. Every little detail with the non-Jew that he has Okay. That's good enough, they said. This is good enough. This sort, of, this sort of ramifications, questions come up. Can you go into a church? Can you go into a church? So most folks would say just simply no. I mean, look, the Rambam says it's idolatry. You can't go into a church. You can't go into a church. Okay, however, there are famous cases. I know of Soloveitchik was once asked, as I was told once, he was asked, I believe, when Cardinal Cushing died of Boston, and there was a huge funeral there, and uh, a certain rabbi was asked to come and speak or whatever at the funeral and so on. And there was a fear, like, I guess, if he said no, it would look terrible and so on. I, I understand, as I was told, that Soloveitchik said he could go. And Ravon Soloveitchik told me similar, a similar thing once, and I asked him a similar question. Not Stav, you see, the Ravon says, I doubt you, but, but yeah, can you be so myth? Can you go with these other Rishonim, these Ashkenazi Rishonim, Tosla, chief among them, if you have to? And there were views in hell that you could do this. So, uh, again, this is not the normal, you have to ask a shyla, no one could do this on their own, ever. Someone asked me, can I go into a church to my boss's wedding? I'd say, look, you can't go. You know, if they said I'm going to get fired or something, it's, you know, I'd say you'd have to look deeper. But, um, you, you know, Moshe Feinstein was asked, can you go on church grounds, let's say, for, to play basketball? Kids want to go play basketball on church grounds. You're not going to go to the church. Or the question about going to vote on church grounds, even to be seen in a church atmosphere. You know, and, and folks can say, no, you shouldn't do that. So it's, it's certainly not simple. But again, you see from these views that Christians are not idolatrous. They do have a place in the world to come. They are good Noahides, just like the Maritz Chayot said. It was not just throwing this out of nowhere in the 19th century. This had a history to it, this belief, this perception about Christians. And um, this is the view which he was putting forth. Now, um, just a bit more concerning that, however. Um, the Colt Sophayich points out as well, brings some other views concerning this. Oh, uh, these views I know, the Meiri, very famous. Now, the Maritz Chayot, I don't know if all the Meiri existed. Uh, I think it came out early in the 20th century, a lot of the writings of the Meiri. Um, the Maritz Chayot maybe did not have access to him because if he would have, the Meiri is well known, and their entire books... I have one called Bein Tarba L'Chochma, Bein Chochma L'Tarba by uh, Moshe Habertal. So he in there has a whole book on the Meiri and his unique views. The Meiri believed that both Christianity and Islam, he says it over and over again, were righteous religions, were proper, he says, religions. They are not the pagan religions that we're to be talking about in the past. So for example, he says, the Meiri says, he says it many times, a lost object in the midst of a Torah to return a lost object to someone, right? What if the person who you're going to return it to is an idolater, right? So, then you don't return it. I'm not uh, an idolater who's going to have to lost money. I'm going to give the money, he's going to go worship idols with it. He's going to give it to his idol. I'm not going to give it back to him. Okay? So you're not supposed to give it back to him. Then here he says, Christians are not in that category. Christians are not in the category of if you find an object for a Christian, you have to return it to them. Okay? They're not pagans. It's almost like this Gertosha thing. You know, a strange thing the Gemara says, some of you may know this, that like an idolater, a pagan, you don't push him into a pit. But if he's in a pit, you don't necessarily throw him a rope. You know what I mean? You don't throw him a rope. 
No, we're talking about pagans, though. You know, the vision of going to Miri is people who kill people, people who sacrifice their children. That's what the Miri says we're talking about. We're not talking about a Christian, Miri says. We're not talking about a Christian. To him, that's not an idolater. We're not talking about that. Interesting, the, the, the Miri is someone who very much follows the Rambam. If you notice, Miri often follows the Rambam, almost totally follows the Rambam. But here, um, he does not follow the Rambam. Again, maybe he didn't have all the Rambam, you know, it is uh, some of the things that we found lacking that now we have. But anyway, the Meiri says that he held that these other religions are perfectly good. The name Noah religions have a place that will become righteous individuals. Again, one of the other is shown besides Tosfot and others who claim that Christians are good. The name Noah have a place in the world to come. Now he goes on to say in, in this, uh, he quotes a Rav from Krakow, Rav Abraham Yeder, Rav to Krakow. So, um, concerning this, that the Maritz Chayot said that Christians and Mother Gary Toshav, so he writes among uh, his comments on this statement, that which he says, there's no doubt about it, the Maritz Chayot said, right? Ain't Safek, there's no doubt about it. That which is so simple to him, near Ali, Kiradai ain't okay. I say it's certainly not the case. Personally, you have to fulfill these things, and Ger Toshav has to do it in front of three other people, which he never did. So, what are you talking about? He says, and you have to keep them like our Torah commanded you to keep them like a Noachite. has to know what it means you can't steal, what it means you can't do this. These people don't aren't seeking, let's say, Jewish thought and advice about how to keep these laws almost back to you, where they keep these laws if they keep them, maybe because Christians told them to keep them, or, or the Old Testament said to keep it but they no longer see Jews as a source of knowledge to be able to, to instruct them. He says Ketosha Budaka Imamin Betarat Moshe you have to believe in the Torah of Moshe. Do these believe in the Torah of Moshe? In other words, a Noahide today believes the Torah is true, it's absolutely true it never changed and so on, right? And, okay, and I'm a Noahide amongst that system, right? You say Noachai could say again. We brought the kasha from the Rambam at least that the Rambam said you can't create another religion. It's not talking about someone who says I believe the Torah is true, but it's changed. And now I keep another religion. That's, that's what's involved here. So again, this is uh, controversial. There's some Gemaras that say and the Meiri quotes this note stream. Um, note stream uh, have a dean of Avodah that those who are note stream sounds like Nazarites Christians. Idolaters, and what do you get? It says it. It says it in the Gemara. It says it. So he says, the Meiri says on this, he quotes in Yirmiyahu, it says, Notrim ba'i me'eretz me'rachok. He says that the Notrim came from a faraway land. He says, the Meiri does, that the word Notrim does not come from Jesus of Nazareth. Notrim. At least originally in the Gemara. He says it comes from Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, those who followed King Nebuchadnezzar, who worshipped the sun and who worshipped him, he claims, the Meiri, that the last part of it, Nebuchadnezzar, Notsri, he says that's where it comes from, and that was not referring to the Christians. It was referring to the pagans. Certainly publicly, if someone asked me, you know, in a forum, and we come up, you know, you see, we say, ye shall be the smoke. You wouldn't have to come out and say, well, I don't know, guys. You know, the Rambam says you guys are a bunch of idolaters. The smart response would be, yeah, the Marit Chayot says, absolutely, Christians are good. B'nai Noach, they follow the Noach laws, just like Tosot said, and many others in Jewish tradition. Just so now you know what to be able to say. However, there's one more item here.
and we'll close for today. Nona Yehuda. The Nona Yehuda, one of the greatest poskim um, in Jewish history, uh, discusses this whole issue. This memchet, the Shalts and Shuvas, says that many chachamim, many wise people, seem to think that Christians are not commanded about this partnership of gods, this trinity of gods. They're not commanded on that, and therefore they're not idolatrous. The option of Even though many wise people kind of say this, and you know, people just run off, oh, 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 Christians are not idolaters. We all know they're not obligated when it comes to the trinity. Yeah, they're not obligated. Everyone says this. He says, it's not true. It's not true. I've seen it in books, he says. I've seen people write about it. I've looked everywhere. I've never found anyone say that this is true. Second, he said, I never saw anyone say that they're not idolaters. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. I thought we saw Tosafot, and we saw the Rishonim, and then Miri. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And he said, if this is true, the Rambam should have said clearly that, by the way, Christians are not commanded concerning, um, you know, being so careful about their idolatrous notions, and it would be okay if they do that. Now, again, he didn't have all the Rambam at the time, but it is interesting that, uh, okay, he says the Rambam would have, would have said something about it. All right? Why would he leave that out? There were Christians at his time. Why would he leave that out? Now here's his biggest proof, he says. Don't tell me, like others have said that we saw, that, oh, well, you know, non-Jews, Christians, right? They're judged differently, right? They're judged differently. For a Jew, the Trinity would be idolatry. But for non-Jews, what do you want? They don't have such halachas. They don't have such a shulchan aruch like we have. So if they say, but they believe in one God, that's good enough. What do you want? That's, that's all. You don't have to get into Trinity. If they believe in one God, that's, that's fine. No, he says, no, that's not true. That's not true. They are judged by the same idolatrous laws as we are. How do we know that? We saw it in the Rambam, right? We pointed out in the Rambam. The Rambam says whatever laws a Jewish court would judge Jews by, the same judgment would be by a non-Jew. They have the same details when it comes to idolatry. There's not a difference. The Trinity for non-Jews, if it's idolatry for a Jew, it's idolatry for a non-Jew. There's no difference. So the Rabbi Yehuda says, don't give me that. It's not true. All that is being said is false. You'll ask me. But what do you mean he says that he never saw any proof for that? How could it be? The Tosa says they're not. The Ramah says they're not. What, what version of Tosa have read? Well, he says something else. Okay, he says something else. He says they did not mean, Tosa and these others, the Rishonim, did not mean that what they believed in was not idolatry. What they meant was when you, when you have a business transaction with a Zanjew, and they swear. So he holds the biggest, it, it says, there is a lot of the Torah that's understood to mean, it says, you should not cause others to say idolatrous names. Okay? But the, the note of Yehud understands this to mean, as I understand him, that the idea is you should make others do idolatry. So if you, would, if you make them swear, Okay? 
there's a fear they're going to mention their names, that's idolatry. That's somehow like a form of idolatry. They're mentioning their names. They're, they're blessing their God. So what Tosus men and others was, that's not idolatry. When they make that oath, to take an oath on the name of their God, we don't consider that an act of idolatry. It doesn't mean that if they go worship him and you know and bow down, that is idolatry. The Trinity is idolatry. All we're saying is, if they say, I swear by Yeshu, that itself is not an act of idolatry that would disallow you to have a business transaction with them. That's what they meant. But is that belief outside of the vow, is that idolatry? It absolutely is, the says. It absolutely is idolatry, and the Tosos and all others have been misunderstood. I must say, I guess he didn't have the Meiri yet, but Meiri, you, you can't understand Meiri any other way. Meiri says Christians and, 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 and Muslims are not the idolatrous nations. He says it. He says it. So, uh, I, I don't know, it seems to me, if you see the Ramah and others, it's hard to read the note of Yehuda into what those other views say, but nonetheless you should know that that's what the Nodi Yehuda says. He held, as opposed to others, that Christians are idolatrous, not even needing to invoke the Rambam. He says even within the other Rishonim. Rabbi Berlov pointed out to me that in the um, book Chorev by Rosh Hashem Hirsch, so the following statement is made, this is on page 379, uh, paragraph 503, where Hirsch says, Israel can rejoice today in the midst of the peoples among whom it most lives. Behold, Israel, how the holy light which God placed among you at Sinai has spread far and wide and has already scared away from a great part of humanity the dis- delusion and the abomination of idol worship. Rejoice that in Europe, in America, and in part of Asia and Africa, non-Jewish peoples also become illuminated by the revelation of one God given to you and have adopted a doctrine which teaches them to perform the seven duties which according to your doctrine are binding upon all men. He could list the seven Noahide laws. According to your law, he's talking to the Jewish people of Hershey's, he says, the non-Jew in these countries specifically accepts these duties in the presence of three persons as having been enjoined upon all men by God in his revelation to Moses. Such a man is a Geratosha, a proselyte of the gate, as he is called. Toward such a man you are not only to practice all the obligations of justice, as indeed also toward any idolater, but the Torah also commands you to perform towards him all the duties required by an active love. You must esteem him, love him, as a genuine person, since he performs all the duties which God requires from all men. And your love and esteem toward him can suffer no detraction from the fact that he does not also perform the duties of Judaism, since these he has not been commanded. And they are not incumbent upon him, but only upon the house of Jacob. So Shem Shavuot Hirsch, right, brother pointed out to me, says here it seems clearly that he held that Christians, I think he's talking about Christians for sure, are good Noahides. What's strange is, is that on the one hand, um, he mentions the Ram um, the Rambam stricture, if you recall, that to be a good Noahide, you must accept those seven laws because Moses commanded them through God, right, to, to the non-Jews. And we said that others don't make that requirement, but the Rambam does. So you, he requires that, and he says the Christians do. He requires that. But then he also, on the other hand, says the Christians are good Noahides when the Rambam said, no, they're not, because they're idolaters. This is a debate about where Christianity stands in the idolatrous realm. 